Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. Okay. So the first and foremost is um, understanding this. When you look at venture orientation and posture, this is where we start to work. The closer people get, the more intimate they're becoming. Okay. Questions on that? Yes. What was the name of the show? Please. No. <laughs> yes, sir. It's the fact that I brought the flash quickly. Mm-hmm. You have to wear glasses. Yeah, because usually the head will be a subtle head movement as well. Right? Now, interestingly, actually, I don't have time for that, but. Um, so this is what I call speed reading relationships. Now, the interesting thing is, if you go out to like a wine bar, or someplace that's relatively quiet where people just sit together, and I have a client. Uh, a student that actually owned a wine bar, and I was, I was teaching them this. And, and she goes, oh, my God, you are so right. This has to go to the seven stages. She goes, I would watch people come into my wine bar on first dates, and then when they go to sit down, they would be sitting on opposite ends of the booth. By the end of the night, when they were leaving, their wine glasses were right next to each other. Right? So this process happens. Now, gentlemen, I will tell you right now, the ladies will be initiating nine out of ten steps. There's only seven, but nine out of ten is the ladies. Your job is to pay attention. Because there are certain key moments in that mating dance when you actually have to do something. And if you miss it, you go back down the arousal scale. Listen to them, guys! You guys realize that 60% of all approaches are initiated by women, right? This is the guys, ladies. Huh? No, you only have the illusion of control. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, really. The problem is, this is turning into an attraction workshop really quick. Holy shit. All right. The problem is, is that women's psychology has developed a much more refined set of social cues and sensitivities than men's. Men were very simple. See it? We either, we're going to eat it, we're going to kill it, or we're going to take it home and make babies with it. That's it. We're pretty simple. <laughs> right? Women are sending out signals all the time that they want you to come and talk to them. Women do not approach, per se. They engineer opportunities for you to approach. You hear it, gentlemen? They're trying to suppress it. They engineer opportunities for you to approach, but like us, they're victims of their own projection. You see, they believe because their signs are obvious to other women, that it's obvious to us. <laughs> ladies, do you hear this? Let me give you a little bit of perspective, ladies. You can have a beautiful woman walk up to a guy and do this. <laughs> and he'll go, wonder what she meant by that. <laughs> We're just not that smart. You're operating on a completely different set of social cues. You guys want the same thing. You just use different languages to talk about it. You just use different languages to talk about it. The most subtle signs for a man are some of the most blatant and sometimes threatening for women. Because the signals they're sending out are out here. We don't perceive anything until it's right here. 
So when we go to approach a woman, and by the way, most of your socialization ladies has designed all the good ones to keep from approaching you. In case you didn't know that. Oh, yes. <laughs> most people's socialization has programmed you guys and gals to send out signals that will keep the good ones from approaching you and only the sociopaths, narcissists, and pickup artists will make the leap. Yes? What sense does that have? Huh? What sense does that have to do with neurophysiology then? To neurophysiology? Well, with the idea that we're sending out signals and we're, we respond to them that human beings respond, have a certain grammar. Mm -hmm. Why would we send out opposites? It's not, it's not neurophysiology, it's social programming. <sighs> Hollywood. One of the problems, again, this is going way off in a squirrel chasing mode, but uh, one of the problems that we have is that we have been programmed, to, A, first of all, to play hard to get. Guys, you guys were all taught this, right? Play hard to get, have value, show scarcity. The problem is, is that the, the, the social cues you're designing, the body language that you've been taught to use to stimulate or signal hard to get actually says don't approach. And so what happens is the guys who are waiting, who are looking for invitations that you're approachable, won't. The ones who will respect your boundaries and actually be upstanding guys who are, will want to help and, and be the good mates you're looking for, they won't approach you without a tremendous amount of encouragement. Because the cues you're sending out, tell them not to. So who will? People with no ability to read social cues. Narcissists. People who don't care about your boundaries. Okay, now I know there's exceptions to every rule. The problem we have is if you want to, if, ladies, if you want to signal hard to get in a way that makes people want to chase you, be seen in the company of a lot of people vying for your time. Be seen as being, having your time in demand as opposed to being off in a corner. Because ironically, ironically, the body language of um, shyness can often be misinterpreted as the body language for aloofness to somebody who's extremely attractive. The, the body language of shyness, when people are shy or, or um, in a timid place, they tend to make themselves small. Alpha people, dominant people, take up vertical, horizontal space, they take up vertical space. This is the body language of charisma. Okay? In uh, Speed Attraction uh, 2.0, I showed you the, heart, the open heart trust trigger, right? where you literally can go from being just the average dude to radiating energy like that. Right? It's, and this was designed by women. This is a, the way it works is you imagine there's a plexiglass screen over your heart and you just want to show people your heart when you talk to them. As opposed to this. Feel the difference? Right? All I'm doing is imagining there's a screen here and I'm beaming my heart energy to them. I'm letting them see my heart. Changes my posture and it changes the level of credibility that I radiate to an audience. Okay? When you are shy, and this is true for guys as well, when you start going through being timid or, or unafraid and afraid, what happens is you tend to make yourself smaller. You, you close in on yourself. You create boundaries. Now, when people see this, you may be just waiting for somebody to come and talk to you because you don't want to make the first move. But that's not how you're interpreted. 
It's not how you're interpreted, especially if you're attractive. If you're putting this out and nobody's approaching you, the first thing they do is they don't have a story. You haven't told them why you're doing what you're doing, so they create a story. They create a story about why you don't want to be approached. She must be a snob. She's obviously attractive, so she should have got, she must be a bitch. Sorry, that's, that's what happens, right? I don't make the rules, I just exploit them. I mean, report them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> However, if you wanna, if you wanna invert that equation, A, change your body language. The problem that we have, and somebody asked about approaching, so I'll just answer this question. The problem both genders have with approaching is different. Women don't have a problem with you approaching, as a rule. They have a problem with getting you to leave. <laughs> because we're not that smart. You can be, you can be the, the one guy in a group of women, and at some instant moment, every woman knows the conversation is over and they disappear. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the guy's like, fuck, I'm alone. <laughs> right? We didn't catch it. Why? Because when your neurology was evolving, you were communicating with each other, you were cooperating, you were developing relationships and interpreting what behaviors mean in your world. We're out killing mastodons. We look at it, do we eat it? Do we take it home and mate with it? Or run away from it? That was, that's how we think, right? We developed a different set of scanning mechanisms. Women's neurology evolved because they had to survive. They had to learn how to manage, you idiots, <laughs> right? Keep you around, keep you interested, and they had to learn to rely on each other. They had to learn very quickly in that unit who they could rely on, who they couldn't, and they had to do it based on the meanings they could extrapolate from your behaviors. So if we look at this from a hypnotic language perspective, Men work Men work in cause and effect. We, we see it, we hit it. We see it, we chase it. We see it, it sees us, we run from it, right? Cause and effect. Women work mostly, and both sides do it, but there's a predominance. Equivalence. We left the toilet lid seat up because we forgot. Okay? We missed Jack's soccer game because traffic was a bitch. There was, two, there was a traffic jam. The boss kept us late. There was a tough client. That's why I was late for Jack's soccer game. And your wife looks at you and says, if you loved your son, you'd have been there. <laughs> why? Because being at the soccer game means you love your son. This is where 80% of our problems in communication with our, other, with our gender partners lie. Ladies, we're not as complex as you are. Okay, when we leave the toilet lid seat up, it's because we're freaking idiots and we forgot. It's not that we have no respect for the feminine gender and the home you've built together. <laughs> You see, guys? Guys are like, huh? <laughs> it's a language thing. But remember, ladies, your brains are actually more developed than ours. Your corpus callosum, the bridge between your right hemisphere and your left hemisphere, is almost twice our size. You see, size matters. 
<laughs> right? Men only process language on one side of their brain. Women use both. We're half-wits. <laughs> I love guys. I, I'm, I, I, I'm an equal opportunity hater, so, you know. But it's easier for you as women to understand us sometimes than it is for us to understand you. Gentlemen, if all you got out of today was remember that every behavior that you generate means something to them. Think about that before you do anything. <laughs> Just stop for a moment and ask, my, ask yourself, how is she going to interpret that? <laughs> and then think again. <laughs> All right? I have a, I have a whole, whole workshops that I do back in San Diego where it's just about romance and attraction and relationships. And for me, I, it's, and it's co-ed audiences, and mostly women, believe it or not. And it's, to me, it's high comedy when I explain what the, the behaviors and the activities of the opposite gender are being interpreted by them. It's like terror on each other's faces. But this is the problem. Most women go to female dating coaches to bitch about men. Most guys go to male dating coaches to complain about women. Get in the same room and understand each other. Seek first to understand. You both want the same thing, just in a different order. You really do. You use slightly different words to describe it. And there's a slightly different syntax, but it's the same thing. Here's something, ladies, you didn't know. We're more sensitive than you are. Did you know that? You see, from the Chinese medical perspective, men are yang on the outside. We're strong and manly, tough like bull. <laughs> and we're fucking cotton candy on the inside. We can't handle vulnerability like you can. It hurts us worse. We don't bounce back as fast. So for a man to give you the intimacy and the vulnerability you're looking for, that's a big deal. But that's what you're looking for. That's what you're looking for. Men fall in love faster. Did you know that? Women fall out of love faster. Did you know that? <laughs> right? You get over us real fucking quick. Right? It's just how you, again, 5,000 years of Chinese medical observation. And this is why you guys have the ladies. That's why you have the babies. You can take it. We can't. Right? So intestinally, internally, you're stronger than we are. So factor that in. Um, that's about... Have we covered this kind of stuff pretty well? Another thing I want, to, I want you to pay attention to is when you're in close to somebody, and this is going to go into face reading, when you're um, paying attention to their eyes, prolonged eye contact generates attraction. Okay, not creepy eye contact. Right? That's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay? When we talk about eye contact, we're talking about positive eye contact. So, po yes, ma'am. Well, I just want to go back to that example of the woman sitting like this. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Purely scientific reasons. Uh-huh. You do that for purely scientific reasons? No, I want to know how to undo that. Well, how to do that? No, how to undo it? Yeah. Well, first of all, remember that whether you're male or female, confident people take up space. So expand yourself horizontally. That doesn't mean you stand like this. That's a guy thing, right? But when you, if you do cross your legs... Don't cross your legs real in tight. Does that make sense? So good posture. Uh, I like to call it the Maryland switch. The open heart trust trigger is a really good uh, way to, to sit. Imagine there's a plexiglass screen here. 
and you're just beaming and letting people see your heart. If, that, if you just imagine that, your body, language, your, 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 body would, your posture would take over the rest. Okay? The next part is make positive eye contact. Positive eye contact, again, is not the serial killer stare, all right? And, it's, and there's always a smile with it. But the difference is there has to be a, uh, a wrinkles at the zygomatic. Okay, when we get to the face reading part, you'll actually see the long-term effects of this. The eyes have to crinkle. See the crinkling? Right? If you see someone who's dead from the nose down, <laughs> not good. Okay? This, is, this is like the, the Donald, the, the, uh, the, what's the Trump's wife's name? Melania. That's the Melania Trump smile. <laughs> right? That's not what we're doing. Positive eye contact has to be good shen in the eyes, which means a, a twinkle or wide open eyes, not you know, scared eyes, but nice open eyes, smile with the wrinkles up by the sides of the head. That signals positive eye contact. When you enter a venue, and this could be male or female, and I, I practice this all the time when I'm walking through the, the convention, as you walk through a venue, meet people's eyes and look at who gives you positive eye contact, right? Positive eye contact. That means you make eye contact with someone and you see this, not this. <laughs> right? Those are the people who are open to being approached. If you're doing walk-up or street hypnosis, that's one of the first things you look for. Positive eye contact. Next thing you do, give them an eyebrow flash. Ah, he closed a loop. Holy shit. Positive eye contact, eyebrow flash. Smile. Combine that with a good posture and an open heart trust trigger, you get a lot more people coming up to you. Okay? Very good way. If you want to be signaled as having, being high value in somebody's world, be seen in the company of a lot of men or other people fighting for your attention, wanting your attention. That signals status. And guys, that's what ladies look at. If there's a big crowd around you, there must be a reason. Providers are not handing out $100 bills or something. Right? Right? This, is, this is called social proof. It's an affinity tactic. Okay? We look at the responses of the people around us to determine what's appropriate. Does that make sense? Okay. Anything else on this? This went a little bit of a different direction than I planned, but yeah. Why did you say to be seen in the company of men? Well, what I actually said was in the company of men or women all vying for your attention. We want to, remember, we, remember in college, there was always the popular crowd. They always had everybody wanting their attention, wanting their validation, things like that. Learn how to be those people. If you want to play the hard to get game, if you want to play the scarcity game, okay? If you don't have a tribe, if you're not part of a tribe, build your own. Build your own. That's what I teach my students. Go build your tribe. Let me show, I'll show you how to do it. Just build your tribe, right? But that's going to help you be more influential and charismatic. You're going to generate an affinity tactic. More people are going to flock to you because they see other people flocking to you. Okay? Does that help? Yes, thank okay. you. You ready for the next piece? Do we need a break? Okay. This next piece I love because I geek out on this shit. Oh, shit. All right. Now, these, these characteristics should not be confused with micro-expressions. Uh, TJ, in the, in the camcorder bag is a, a laser pointer. Can you hand me that, please? Where's the, camcorder, the little camcorder bag? 
should be a laser pointer there. Thank you. All right. This is in Lillian's book. If you guys need to take a picture, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with the upper right-hand corner, right at the eye, since we're talking about eye contact, okay? These, are the, these wrinkles are the end results of a lifetime of microexpressions. Okay? It comes from 5,000-year-old tradition of Chinese face reading. We're going to start off with right here. This is probably the best one. And look to the people to the right and to the left of you. Notice they have little lines over the ribs, tracing the ribs of their eyebrows. These are people who are highly skeptical. Highly skeptical. Right? Right here. They're all just rushing to the front of the room. Right? And I'm going to let you guys do... Now, here's the thing. When you start seeing these and you have a whole room full of people to play with, right? What you do is you, you pre-frame this. If you're going to use this in a cold reading format, you might say something like, you know, sometimes you spend a lot of time just really, really kind of on the skeptical side. You don't always take people for what they say until you've tested it to be sure. But sometimes you, understand, you immediately know you can trust somebody, right? That's called what I call the 60-40 split. 60% of the time you're this way, the rest of the time you're that way. Regardless of which end of the equation they buy into, the minute it's called a Barnum statement, by the way. The minute they buy into that, they start assuming everything you say is true. It's a hypnotic process. But this is, this is actually true. These, people who have these lines spend a lot of time checking facts. They're not going to believe what you say at face, take what you say at face value. You have got to spend a lot of time creating more, more belief in what's going on. Okay? The next one we just talked about, those little wrinkles around the eyes right here, this is joy. You see somebody who's got really nice, solid lines. This is somebody who spends a lot of time laughing, a lot of time happy. Okay? The corollary to that right here is sadness. I see a lot of that. Your clients will see a lot of that. These lines, they'll, they'll go right to about the cheekbone. The cheekbone is the line of demarcation where we go from sadness to sorrow. If the line extends beyond the orbital bone, now you've got someone who's gone through some loss that is still haunting them. Okay? These are your clients. These are your clients. Okay? If the line extends further down, Now you've got grief. When it goes this deep, now you're going to often see this line on people with lung problems too. Grief goes to the lungs. The entire series of organs is mirrored on the face. Each organ has an element or an, an emotion connected to it from Chinese medicine. Sadness is episodic. We go through it and we move on. Sadness lingers and then when we try to and this is what happens. This is why your grief patients will be your grief patients, is because they've created a conscious expectation of how long they're allowed to be sad. And when they exceed that length of time, they try to forget about it, they try to distract themselves, they try to stuff it down, and boom, down it goes. And if it stays there long enough, it starts to affect their lungs. Yeah? Is it typically on both sides of the face? 
But, uh, and again, I don't know how much time we'll get into this, but you can actually divide, there's, you, can, you can divide the face this way, this way, and this way. When we divide it this way, we have a core, how many people do handwriting analysis? Those of you who do handwriting analysis, the three zones of the head correspond to the three zones in your handwriting. Metaphysical, mundane, physical. Okay? I have, I have that in the notes. I'm planning on going over it. Because that goes to how they make decisions. So if you're in a business context, you can look at the, where people are dominant in the shape of their head. You can know how to present information to them in a way that's more conducive to them deciding the way you want to. Yes? How do you read the face of a teen or someone who's even younger who doesn't really have You don't. Oh, that's what I was told. Try not to read their face until they're in their 20s. Um, but there are certain things that you can look at. Head shape for one, but people, children are still developing. So my teacher says she avoids trying to read children. Okay, um, but a lot of times if they're suffering from, um, I mean, I don't know how metaphysical you guys are, but I have, you know, I've actually had cases of genetic memory uh, in my in my clinic. I've literally had transplant patients who wind up having cravings from the donor organs. Like I had a I had a lady who came in. She was a type one diabetic. Wound up having a spleen and a kidney transplant. And two weeks after she got out, she started craving pizza and beer because the donor was a garbage gut, right? So I have actual experience of seeing genetically transferred memory or cellular memory. So I think when we're, when we're dealing with children below a certain age, what we're dealing a lot of times is genetic memory, okay? Which what the Chinese tell us is that if you fix something here, it goes back seven generations and forward seven generations. Now it gets a little too woo-woo for this training. I want stuff that we can just rely on. Okay, I was working with one lady yesterday. As a matter of fact, you uh, in the blue shirt, your, your friend was with you. And remember, I, I said you have some unshed tears. You asked me if this was if this was just cold reading or not, right? And I told you that, and then you told me that you had a, lost a family member, right? <laughs> this shit's real, okay? And it's useful for you guys because when you look at somebody and you understand this map, this is a tiny piece of a very large iceberg which is why I gave you Lillian's information. Just tell her I sent you, okay? You can know what's going on. And what will happen is if you actually address the cause of those wrinkles, the wrinkle will go away. And it can go away in a session. It's funky. I didn't believe it. I have skeptical ones. Right? <laughs> so, but this you're going to see. You're going to see grief in a lot of your lung and asthma issues, a lot of your stuttering issues, a lot of um, anger is mostly TMJ and in the jaw. But that is, I keep pressing the wrong button. So this is important for us to understand, okay? One I see a lot in this room, and I see it a lot everywhere, but I'm seeing it more and more in the people in this room. I'm gonna jump to the center here. You see these lines here that say disempowerment? The, I call these passive, or placation lines. This represents somebody who was, grew up in an environment or isn't an environment where they voiced their opinion or they expressed something and the pushback was so strong that they're trying to make up for it. They're kind of like, they're trying to fake smile. It's like they're always smiling, but they really don't mean it. They just want to placate you. This is cancer waiting to happen. Okay. You'll, I've seen people that look like somebody took an exacto and just drilled that energy. It starts from the outer, the inner canthus, and it radiates outward. Okay? When you see those lines, that's somebody who's spending way too much time to please other people because they're afraid of the pushback. Afraid of the pushback. Okay? 
Another one that's big, and I see a lot, big in this room, go back to the center line. You see these three lines here? When you see two lines like this, I'm sorry, I need a Vanna here, right? You see two lines like this, this is somebody who's impatient. <laughs> somebody who's impatient. Get to the fucking point, David, right? Get to the fucking point, right? There's another body language correlate to this, okay? This person spends a lot of time being angry because things just aren't happening fast enough. Okay, hold on a second. Where'd my racer go? Backside, uh, backside. I don't see it. On the tray? I knew that. All right. So here's another one. I see a lot of this one in the room, so I want you to pay attention to it, okay? This is called suspended needle. There's three versions of this. Suspended needle. Suspended sword. And then there's, every now and then I see a version I call the suspended bazooka. <laughs> this area in your body corresponds to your liver and your spleen. Liver energy has everything to do with righteous indignation, taking action, moving forward, expressing your power. People who have this marketing, we call, we'll start with suspended needle, which is just a very fine line. People who have this at one point in their life, at some time in their life, usually towards the father or the, the dominant parent in their family, they express their anger. And the pushback from the dominant parent, usually the father, was so strong that they, they, they pulled back their energy and they refused to ever express it that way again. The bigger that energy, the bigger that line, the deeper that repression goes. And at some point in their life, that block is going to activate and they're going to stop moving forward. They're going to stop moving forward in their life. Okay? So when you see this, if it's, even if it's on yourself, don't worry, it's not going to kill you. Right? But it is, it, it is indicative of you're not expressing your full power. The liver energy is the energy that moves us forward in life. It's the success energy, right? It determines how far we go. Your metal energy determines how you do it, right? I like, I like to make a joke. Wood people get things done. Metal people get things finished, right? It's like, if anybody's ever seen my old websites, you can always tell a David Snyder website or a David Snyder email by the amount of typos in it. Because I'm a wood person. I get shit done. Right? Contrast that to my wife who gets things finished. I'm crossing the finish line. Half my, half my car is trailing behind me. She hasn't left the starting line yet because she's still planning. Right? Both people, it's not one more effective than the other. It's a question of how they get things done. Does that make sense? We don't have time to go into the elemental personalities, which is all cool. But this, I think, for you guys, will give you the biggest bang for your buck. It will give you lots of things for cold reading, but it will give you a way to diagnose and start your questioning and intake process. Yes? You know, because you're talking about the eyebrows, I'm curious, what about the one that's horizontal? You don't see it very often. No, you don't. You do, what does that mean? They're more factual-based. More fact-based. Um, I can actually let you look at the book. There's like a whole bunch of different things on eyebrows, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, and this is the textbook, by the way. Yes? So for this one here with the liver energy, 
about going forward, since that's such a common one, is is there, you said that at some point it's just going to stop, as if it's a matter of fact, like there's nothing they can do to circumvent that. Yeah, you can deal with the issue. Which people in this room are uniquely qualified to do. But you're going to get people who say, I'm here to learn how to make more money. I'm here how to manifest stuff. Look right there. Right? If there's, if there's a, a, and there's always memory shit involved. But this is going to tell us how bad. And, you, and it'll give us a direction to look. Now, I don't like to use that to pre, um, predispose my line of questioning. But what I do do is I go through my normal neutral intake process and see how often that, that matches up. That matches up quite a bit. That and Louise Hay stuff is real good. So if you see double lines, you're seeing somebody who is very, has a tendency towards impatience. What? Impatience, right? They're always in a hurry. Get it done, get it done, get it done. If you see three lines, you're looking at somebody who's learned how to manage their anger. They've learned how to manage their anger. Okay? I see. I, I, yes, sweetie. Is it matter which, which position that single line is in? No, as long as there's three there. No, when there, you're just going back to when there's one line, mm -hmm. No, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Although it will give you a depth, uh, it will it will tend to indicate whether it's on the parental side or the, uh, the on the father side or the mother side. Okay, Chinese face reading divides sides by parents. Okay, but again, there's, there's a lot of ton a ton of stuff here, and I'd like to get to at least most of the facial traits that you might be dealing with. Okay, but I wanted to, I wanted to zero in on this one because I see it a lot. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really for focused on, on helping you target the things that hold you back from moving forward, because I see that a lot in our profession. We all spend a lot of time on training and coming to conventions, but when we get out in the world and we actually go to build our business, we don't. And I see, this, I see these, these kinds of markers as kind of the reason why. This one says that I'm, I'm only allowed to, be a certain, to express myself and my power to a certain degree, and then it's too much. Usually this happens early in life where, like, Somebody pushed you on the playground and you beat the living snot out of them and you got punished worse for protecting yourself than the person did for attacking you. Or maybe you and your dad had an altercation in your teens because that's when we rebel, right? Or if your mom was the more dominant parent and you rebelled against her and there was a huge push, she kicked you out of the house or threw you down and now you have that guilt and that regret and you just choke back that power, right? That's what will cause these lines to appear. Get rid of those lines. Life changes. Okay. Question? I want to see it. You can't see it? Right here. Okay. Um, another one that you want to take special care of, you'll see this a lot of times, um, is the lost love line. The lost love line starts at the inner campus and travels down parallel to the grief line. The lost love line is not necessarily about romance. The lost love line is about a portion of your life that was a part of your identity, part of your, who you were as a person in your own mind. Does that make sense? That was lost. You know, maybe as a child, you loved to dance or you loved to do art. And for some reason, because of your cultural upbringing, you weren't, dancing was evil. It was a tool of the devil. And you were forbidden from ever dancing again because your, your culture or lost love line waiting to happen. 
Maybe there was a hobby that you loved to do and you met a man or you met a woman who just didn't approve of it in order to make her happy and to please her in that relationship. You stopped doing it. Lost love line waiting to happen. It starts at the inner campus and travels down. Okay? Lost love line waiting to happen. Okay? These are the ones that we want to get rid of. We need to get that joy back. We need to get that piece of their life operational to whatever degree they're, they're able to do that. Yes? We said get rid of your lines, change your life. Isn't it the opposite you change your life? The you get rid of the emotion, get rid of the issue, the both change will, will change simultaneously, but you'll see this change first. So, because you're not talking about putting moisturizer. No. <laughs> no. Although, I will tell you a story that, I, that Lillian told me. Um, when you see people with a lot of bone in their jaw, big strong jaw, these are natural warriors. These are people who gravitate to all kinds of athletic, physical activity. They have a lot of will, a lot of determination. They have the big Cro-Magnon roof, even more so, right? There was a, a client of Lillian's who was, uh, won a football scholarship, and he had this massive jaw, I mean massive, almost deformed, but he was a really good football player. And, um, and he went through high school. He'd been drafted into the college, you know, college scholarship. And as a graduation present from high school, his mom got him plastic surgery. He flunked out of school. Throw it off. He couldn't play anymore. Muscle memory still. What happened? The extra aggression, the extra assertion comes from the liver. Remember, liver likes to get angry. But people who have good, healthy liver energy know how to manage that anger. They direct it really well. Okay? People with sparse, with nice, thick eyebrows, they're good at anger. They, they take that energy and they use it to move forward. People who have sparse eyebrows like me, we can do anger, but we don't like it. I can do anger really well, I, I don't like it, I hate it, right? People with nice, heavy, they like to get angry, <laughs> okay? It's like, it's like that whole, Mr. McGee, don't get me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry, okay? You'll see this, I see this on a few of you, I got one or two of them. This is called a transformation line. This is somebody who at some point in their life went through a really deep, dark period. Could have been a day, could have been a year, could have been 10 years. And they came out of it different. They came out of it wiser. They learned something. They became more enlightened about some aspect of themselves or about life, the universe, and everything. I have one of them. Um, if you have a lot of them, you get what they call Buddha wings, which I think the Dalai Lama has. Really cool, right? So if you see these, this is somebody, you can, you can paste this really, really well. You can walk up and say, I have an intuition about you. So there was a time in your life that was really hard. It was really dark. You really had to struggle. And you went through it and you came out of it looking back on it, learning something amazing, being completely transformed by it. See how you're nodding already? Because it's equally true for all of you. Right? However, when you see this line, it's actually true. You see that? I don't like cold reading because I don't like to lie but I don't have to lie. I can tell them the truth, and if it's something they want to get rid of, I can help them do that. Is that useful? Very useful. Okay. Um, ears, and, and especially, this one I like a lot. I see this on a lot of you. This is called auditory intuition, AKA bullshit detector. If you look at the person to the right or the person to the left, you'll see little lines. Some of you will have little lines right in front of your ears. 
These are usually people who grew up in an environment where they had to pay real close attention to the verbal cues of people around them. Auditory intuition. Auditory intuition. You got some. He's got some good ones. He's got some. I knew he had some. Right? This is somebody who knows when you're lying. You got some. Right? You see this? Don't try and lie. They'll catch you. Okay? And it usually that, that it, it, it evolves. It evolves as a form of hypervigilance. Many of the things that traumatized us growing up become the source of tremendous strengths and abilities later on, and this is one of them. The auditory intuition usually arises as a form of auditory hypervigilance, where we're in an environment that's dangerous. I grew up in a family where verbal abuse was like every minute. You never knew what you were going to get. And I had to constantly, constantly be on alert because anything I could say could set my dad off or start a, fi a fight or whatever. And so I've got freaking gills, right? <laughs> but even though it came from a place of trauma, for lack of a better word, it now serves me extremely well in the professions I'm in, right? Remember, everything we, we learned in the moment we experienced it probably sucked. But as we look back on it and we realize what we gained from that experience, we can keep that part and learn to let everything else go. And that's what we use the color game for. All of these things are nodes where holographic, the, 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 the neurology holographically imprints information and gives you access to it. Uh, in speed healing, we talked about the holographic memory theory that I use now in clinic, which works faster than traditional approaches. The human being, the human nervous system is a holographic information processing network. And once you understand how to tap into and unpack that hologram, and nothing in that model contradicts what we do in hypnosis, it just adds to it. Does that make sense? This is a way that we can start to unpack things that they don't even know is going on. They've forgotten about. And we can start a process of general clearing as well. So this is useful. Um, these here pay real close attention to, because I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if anybody who's working with terminal cancer, you're going to see those a lot. You're going to see those a lot. This is over-nurturing. These are people who are spending way too, time, take, too much time taking care of everybody else. And they're not getting anything back in return. They're giving more than they're getting, and they're bitter about it, which is the bottom lines, bitterness. Okay? That goes on long enough. The neurology decides, and it sees no way out. It decides to check out. So a lot of your terminal cancer patients, you'll see that. Okay? It, it doesn't mean they're going to get cancer. But almost always, there's no such thing as an emotionally healthy cancer patient. Okay? When, the, when they reach a point of hopelessness, which actually hopelessness does have a marker. It's not on this sheet. But there's a, what we call the hopelessness band. The hopelessness band, I see this from time to time and it just freaks me out. It's like this little depression in the bone right across here. You see that, there's something that has traumatized them to the point where they've just given up. They've just given up. So if you see that and some of this, they're, they're living the life that's not good for them. Yeah? Do you look into a conflict with the ones around the mouth because those are a lot of sensitivity and long-term smokers where it, does that maybe change? Because I noticed like some of it is the bitterness, the disappointment, the over-nurturing, but a lot of times that's, I see that in the people who smoke. Have you ever unpacked to see if they're, if they're over-nurturing? 
correlation is not causation, but why are they smoking? Right? If you're not, if you're, remember, smoking is a compensatory mechanism, right? There's something they're not getting. That's what that means. Everybody's getting everything and they're getting nothing. So the neurology is going to find a way to change that state. Smoking may be it, right? Bitterness. Bitterness. Ugh. Right here. Right? Now, it's below the lips. Now, somebody who's got a good sense of humor, you'll see a little line right here. That's a humor line. Here, you got one. <laughs> you got one. All right? Also, you see, this goes to some of the micro expressions. Fear has a, has a dimpling effect over the long term on the chin, so you see someone with a lot of dimples here, you've got someone who's holding in a lot of fear. It's a, these are lifestyle things. These are not micro-expressions. You understand the difference? A micro-expression happens in a fraction of a second when you're trying to suppress an emotion in that moment. This happens from a lifetime of expressions. It's generated by a specific set of emotional situations. Is this useful? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, what? They have a lot of fear that they're holding back. They're experiencing a lot of fear that they're not expressing in some way. Our present has in spades. Fear. He was a bullied kid. You guys know that, right? Yes. Purpose lines means you found your niche. Purpose lines mean that you are actually on your path. The, these are good lines to have. And Lillian says we should have these by, by the time we're 50 at least. We may get them sooner. There's this thing in, in, the, in the lineage that I study called the golden path, which is the mission that you came here to fulfill. When you get, and I'm, I'm about, Lillian says I'm about as golden as it gets right now. But um, when, you, when you're on your path, things line up. You have almost unlimited energy to do those things. But most of our socialization, most of the, the, the expectations of the people and the, dominant, and the authority figures we grew up with tend to pull us off our path. But if there are things that you will do, you will pay to do, things that you love to do, that you would do any chance you got, chances are that's part of your golden path and you need to be doing that all the time and generating a living doing it. Okay, we have, she has whole workshops on golden path. I'll probably start offering them in the next couple of years as well. Yes. Is there a nice uh, high-speed hypnotic way to download this to where you can remember it without network I'll leave that. I'm not sure I understand the question, but we'll come back to it. Yeah. What? Purpose lines. Purpose lines are here. They start at the outer, the outer alanazi, and they roll, they roll down this way. Now. Right at the corners of the mouth, you'll see, sometimes you'll see a little downturn. These are disappointment lines, okay? So you can see how they kind of relate. You have over-nurturing, leads, leads to disappointment, leads to bitterness. See how it kind of flows? This all, by the way, is your intestines. Intestines, large intestine, small intestine. So what are you looking at? Crohn's disease, IBS. Right? How many times have you unpacked IBS and found family shit going on? 
right? You can look right at their face, right at their face, and say, how you, you know, again, you're not, no, you can't diagnose medically, but you can say, do you have any bowel issues going on? You have, how do your intestines? So how did you know? By what aspect are you referring to? There's all kinds of lines in that area? No, this Chinese medicine, the holograph of the face, there's a, there's a face, there's an arm, there's legs, intestines are here. So the large, the small intestine starts here and it wraps around this way. Lines, vertical lines. If you see horizontal lines, that, that we got even deeper stuff going on. Like I said, this is a small piece of a very, very large system. Yes. Dimples are good luck. Yes. Dimples are good luck. Also, you have what we call money bags. Yes. See how, how nice and round the lower portion of her cheek is? That's called a money bag. That means somebody who's going to do well with money later in life. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> right? Oops. I knocked somebody's water off. Um, he, he has his ears here. He has very large ears compared to the size of his head. So he actually uh, has potential for a long life. But he's also very close to his family. Family means a lot to him. True, not true. That's right. Right? See how the earlobe doesn't attach or doesn't detach? That's somebody who's, they may hey, have a strong connection to family. Uh, it's, it's like that family has to, now it may be a positive connection or a negative connection, right? He can take or leave parts members of his family, right? <laughs> right? Okay. Let's see, who else can I pick on? Which what? There's a, it goes from here. There you are. Did you get, did you get, did Baltimore get you? You spend a lot of time worrying, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah. Do you have digestive issues? That's Yeah. That line goes down into your spleen area, so that indicates you overthink and you tend to worry a lot. You're welcome. How'd I do? 60-40, you're there. Yeah. Well, overthinking and worrying a lot, kind of the same thing, aren't they? They are. Right? Yes? Me too. <laughs> this is the part I dread. This is where everybody wants me to come around and just point to you. You have a very open third eye. Very open, yes. Um, I'll tell you how to do that in a minute. A lot of joy, but there's some sadness there. You stress out too much. You spend a lot of time stressing on stuff. Um, well, you like to have your way, too, don't you? <laughs> She's, she's, got very, she's got a very strong, bony, extra bone in her jaw. That usually indicates somebody who's very hedonistic or a dictator. <laughs> May not be bad. She's got money bags, too. She's going to do well. Right? You've got skepticism lines. Right? And you've got some tears you need to finish shedding, sweetie. <laughs> you've got uber skepticism lines. You don't believe shit. <laughs> You need, you got a little bit of disempowerment going on, so you need to express yourself more. You got some unshed tears, too. There's something you haven't finished grieving over, isn't there? Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. You know? Just show them where the money bags were. Yep. <laughs> You're all going to go get cheek implants now, right? <laughs> now, here's the thing. Implants don't seem to affect things. But removing the bone does. Remember, your bones, in, in Chinese medicine, we have these different energies. We call, we call Ling, Jing, Qi, and Shen. Your, bone, your, your Jing is the most intrinsic of your energies. Okay? As you age, and depending on your lifestyle and how you use your life, 
you, you use your resources. You can burn through your jing faster or slower. Most of us die with, with huge amounts of jing that goes untapped. We have traits that we inherit from our father or from our mother and from our father that we can read on the face. And those are all talents we can access. And the people in this room, the skill sets you have, you among all the people out there are uniquely qualified to find them and open them up. But you have to know where to look. Does that make sense? Okay. Is this useful? Thank you. Like I said, if this is the scope, we got this, baby. I'm telling you. Okay. Um, money, oh, sorry. Went out on a, chased a squirrel there. Money is related to, there's two, there's two elements that relate to money in the face. The nose and the cheeks. A lot of the metal energy goes through the cheeks, but so does the earth. And the earth is your money. People, the, the, the length and shape of your nose determines how much money comes in and how fast it goes out. People who, <laughs> people who have a very thick bridge up here, they tend to take in a lot of money. And depending on how big their nostrils are, that will determine how fast it goes out. <laughs> if, you're, if you're super thin up here and the, the Liberty Bell down here, you better fucking marry someone rich. nose <laughs> job. <laughs> Uh, if you're removing bone, it's going to change you. Could change in a positive way. Yes, but I would be very careful. I would be very careful. We don't really like to modify the face. In fact, if you change your emotional environment, the face will automatically change. Someone raise a hand. Yes. Uh, so some people can raise like one eyebrow. Uh -huh. There you go. So and some people can't, right? Is that not really relevant here, except for how it determines the wrinkling. Yeah, we're just looking at wrinkles. There's a whole map on moles. Jaws, eyebrows, cheekbones, I mean, trust me, even the shape of the head. People who have a, if you divide the head this way, from the eyebrows up, mental. These are data seekers. If you want to convince them or understand how they make decisions, if you try to pressure them to make a decision without giving them the right data and the time to think about it, they'll say no. Thank you very much. I'm going to ignore you now. Anyway, if you guys need to go, get the fuck out. If you want to stay. Oh, we got to do the drill. Uh, since it is the official start time, I'll open this loop, and then we'll do our. You guys ready for the drawing? Yeah. Okay. You guys know what you're even grappling, you're, you're auditioning for? No. Okay. What's the prize? It's up as a $7,600 package. It's two live trainings on my 2017-2018 calendar. Whether they're on the calendar or not, if I add a training, it's available to you. It's any two of my full-length video training courses, $1,497 or less, and any of my five smaller video products priced at $97 or less. It's total package value of $7,600 and something dollars. Someone's gonna walk out of here with one of them. Uh, I know. Uh, for those of you who are gonna be hanging around, have some free time, I am doing a three-day training on sensuality enhancement. It's gonna include this stuff. It's gonna include the color game. Color, and color, by the way, color game's a real good way to start getting rid of some of these wrinkles. Okay, you have to unpack the reason behind the wrinkle, and then ask the neurology what you want instead, have it give a color, and breathe the color through that area, and just keep removing the layers until the wrinkle disappears. Okay? That's the level one intervention. You may wind up going to level two and three interventions real quick because usually these are more than one thing. You ready? All right. Limit one per person, so if you won before, you ain't winning again, bitches. 
Right. See, where's my name? Hold on. All right. Okay, let's see here. The amazing Karnak. Italian salami. Okay. Maria Bird, come on down. Congratulations. There you go. Hold on to that. Give me an email. Pick which courses you want, or if you want, uh, email me and we'll discuss what your goals are and we'll point out where to go for the trainings. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. I want to thank, I want to just take a moment to thank each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart. Every year I come here and every year. I feel more warmth and more family from this, from this profession than any place else on the planet. And every year I think it can't get any better. And every day, every year you show me a deeper level. And I want to just say thank you all. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it up to you. You guys want to keep going? You want to? All right. If Rich, you got, you got to do bath and break. All right, bath and break, come back in 10 minutes. Suspended needle. Okay, but what was it? It was a disempowerment one as well, right? Well, disempowerment is here. Okay. Disempowerment starts here, and it comes out along this line. Okay. Like straight, like somebody took an exacto. Thank you for listening to The Unlimited Influence, Reprogram Your Subconscious Mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call me at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer.